Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Welcome to Legal Tech New York 2009 and our very special program, What I Hate About Technology and What I Expect My Outside Counsel, Opposing Counsel, Vendors, and My Staff to Do About It. We are proudly sponsored by Commvault. I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and I am joined by my co-moderator, Anthony Payanetta, who is the Editor-in-Chief of Corporate Counsel Magazine. Uh, we want to thank our partners, Law.com and Legal Talk Network, and I want to thank all of you for joining us. We are recording this live program for Law Technology Now, our podcast series that is available on www.lawtechnologynow, www.legaltalknetwork, and iTunes. It is my complete pleasure to introduce my colleague, Anthony Payanetta, Editor-in-Chief of Corporate Counsel Magazine, to introduce our speaker. Next up is Theodore Banks. He was the Chief Counsel and Senior Director of Compliance Policy at Kraft Foods Global Inc. And now he is a consultant for uh, Compliance and Competition Consultants. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks to all of you who are here live or via podcast. Um, today I want to talk about design, storytelling, and technology. And this is all tied in, actually, to the subject of the program. And uh, before I get to that actual topic, let me go back to the uh, peaceful article that I wrote in the January issue of LTN. Um, I got a lot of reaction to that uh, by email. Um, many of you took issue with some of the comments I made about uh, cloud computing and software as a service, things that are really exciting concepts in the uh, automation world. Um, and, and many of the vendors who are here today actually thought I was talking to them personally. But let me assure you that I'm not. Um, I think these are wonderful concepts. And the point of my complaint in the article uh, I want to dispose of quickly. Number one, before you rely on these kinds of tools, are you really comfortable with a security that's in place there? Uh, very often when, when, when we did due diligence on some sort of distributed storage uh, service or some sort of internet-based tool, um, and we looked at who actually was behind the contract. So it was one person handing off to another person, handing off to another person, and as you went further down the line, the guarantees of reliability sort of got more attenuated. And so that gave me a little pause as a, uh, a corporate person. Um, I also was concerned about, well, do I really want to outsource my mission-critical applications? Do I really want things out there that I depend on every single day to run my business? Mm, maybe not. Maybe the day will come when we can do that. We're not there yet. At least I don't think we are. And the final thing that really bugs me about the outsourcing of your computing capability is um, being held hostage. I don't know how you quickly undo that, but if you are relying on some other service, some other person other than yourself for anything, whether it's data processing or storage or backup or whatever, 
uh, when, when they don't perform, or when technology changes, or when you have a change of strategy, the unwinding process is not going to be pretty. So that, that's the, those are the points I tried to make about that part of it. But um, the really, the main thing I wanted to talk about in terms of what really bugs me about automation and computers in this whole world is the concept that computers are really communication devices. Okay, we think of them as processors or sorters, whatever, but they're, they're communications devices. And my bitch is about how computers have failed in this mission. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor, Commvault, and we will be right back. I'm Monica Bay, and you're listening to Law Technology Now. Commvault's Impana provides an unprecedented level of business intelligence from all types of ESI. This intelligence rapidly finds key evidence, assess position quickly and monitor costs, thereby helping choose the best case strategy earlier in the process. Simpana software provides framework for a range of activities, retaining, classifying, accessing email, files and documents, as well as backup. All this achieved from a single console and infrastructure. The most comprehensive risk adverse and cost managed e-discovery solution that exists today. Let's start by saying hooray for Hollywood. Okay, now why do I say that? Because Hollywood gets it. They understand the computer mission. When filmmakers are freed from the constraints of normal technology, they create computer applications that fulfill wishes. Look at cell phone displays on any movie or TV show. Gee, you can read it. You understand what's going on because that's what people want, that's what people need. And the people who are making the movie or the TV show are providing the information to advance the story. They're communicating a message telling the story. And really that's the key for us as lawyers. Almost everything we do is about telling a story, or it should be. But for some reason, the computer world, and, and some lawyers, of course, don't get that. They don't understand it. For example, what's the best way to do a PowerPoint presentation? Well, we've all been trained. Let's do an outline with bullet points and subpoints and all that, and uh, maybe even throw in some pictures. But the real best way to do a PowerPoint presentation is with a storyboard, the way movie makers make their product. And this doesn't have to be complicated. It could be as simple as writing your main ideas on post-it notes and sticking them on a wall. But you organize the story. Are you telling a consistent story that people will understand? Um, the best presentations, the best, the best communicators tell the story. So for juries, who wins? It's the lawyer that tells a story. It tells their story about their case and the lawyers make it the juror's story. They make it their story, so they not only understand from A to B to C, but they relate to it, they understand it. And that's one of the other universal rules. The story you tell needs to relate to your audience, not to you, not to the storyteller. Good politicians understand this. They communicate their message based on what the voters want. And to give a painful example, John McCain says, ah, the economy's not so bad. Barack Obama says, 
boy, we have some problems. And I understand what it's like to be out of work and have to rely on food stamps to, to survive. So there's a recognition of what's, what's in the mind of the listener, what's in the mind of the audience. So what do computer hardware and software designers do? Sometimes they get it, but many, or perhaps most, don't. You know, Apple Computer is cited as someone who gets it. You know, and their designs sort of mimic the way we want to behave and what we need. And of course, there sometimes they miss the, miss the point there. Um, and I still don't understand their attitude about batteries at all, but, you know, they do it pretty good. But ideally, the application designer will deliver an application that mimics the way 80% of us work, or the way we work 80% of the time. And then there should be some easy way to get to that remaining 20%. Um, yeah, it'll cost money. But the approach of delivering something that does what you want it to do is so powerful that I think people will pay a premium. In fact, Apple gets a premium. Their computers are more expensive than other things, and certainly their other devices, too. So good design encompasses lots of elements. It should be sexy, sleek, modern, fun. It should parallel the way we live our lives, not confuse our brains. Unfortunately, most of the technology I have is part of the confusing world. People brag about mastering the complexity of an application, but to me, that's just pain. You know, I was one of the earliest users of Microsoft Word. Since the version that I compared to WordPerfect in 1988 met my needs, and it was, it was easier to use for me. Um, and even with uh, what was then called the alpha key, and this will really test if anyone's as old as I am in the computer world, no signs of recognition at all. Okay, amazing. But in any event, in a recent version of Word, now gone through many different iterations, I, I, I found that document formats were changing when I would change one, one formatting on a word in the middle of a paragraph, would change the whole document. Why did that happen? It, it took me hours to figure it out and to undo that, but why did they do that? Why did they think about what, what users were doing? Someone made a decision that was absolutely detached from the real world, um, but it gave someone some power. It was a neat feature to add. So this is what I hate, the frustration of the dream, the empowerment of the individual promised by the personal computer, the end to being held hostage by software designers, the mainframe engineers, the people who worked for themselves and not for their customers, the computer lawyer, the, 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 the computer company, the lawyer, the politician, the movie director, anyone who focuses on their audience is more likely to succeed. The ones that talk to themselves will end up with an audience of one. Thank you very much. You have been listening to a special edition of Law Technology Now, recorded live at Legal Tech New York 2009 on February 3rd. We would like again to thank our sponsor, Commvault, and also thank our producers, Legal Talk Network and Law.com. To hear other podcasts in this special series, please visit www.legaltalknetwork.com, www.lawtechnologynow.com, or iTunes. I'm Monica Bay, and this is Law Technology Now. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. 
Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.